0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD! This episode is part of our Minute CE Curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Hello dear colleagues, welcome to this episode. It is related to case considerations for bleeding management in anticoagulated patients. My name is Jan Bayer-Westendorf. I'm a professor of medicine in Germany, and I'm running the thrombosis hemostasis division here at the Dresden University Hospital. As you know, with the uptake of novel or directly acting oral anticoagulants, today called the NOACs or the DOACs, many more patients receive anticoagulation or even long-term anticoagulation. But these patients, they are cardiovascular risk patients. By definition, they are elderly patients. They are comorbid patients. And these patients have a high risk for bleeding complications from their underlying diseases or from trauma. This is a problem that is not going away with the direct oral anticoagulants. And within the major bleeding, intracranial hemorrhage is the most feared bleeding manifestation. And this often has Devastating outcomes, so a high degree of mortality, or long-term sequelae that might bring the patient to a nursing home permanently. On the other hand, gastrointestinal bleeding is the most frequent non-traumatic major bleeding manifestation. So we have we are talking about very severe bleeding manifestations and quite common bleeding manifestations that don't actually need a trauma or an external factor. Um, to come up. So it's a patient underlying risk profile that is related to these bleedings. Since we cannot prevent all of these bleedings, an effective, rapid, and safe management of this bleeding, and this may include a reversal of the anticoagulant activity, is crucial to improve patients' outcomes. So here depicted are the three major problems when it comes to major bleeding in um, elderly anticoagulated patients. We have on the left-hand side, the intracranial hemorrhage, which is the most severe manifestation of bleeding. Then we have in the middle, the gastrointestinal uh, bleeding, which is the most common. And then we have the traumatic bleeding um, that um, is often caused from falls of our patients. The key point is, however this patient presents um, in, in your emergency department, it may be a GI bleed or intracranial hemorrhage or a trauma-related bleeding. Um, the, the fast and effective decision-making is crucial to improve patient's outcomes because every time delay um, contributes to bleeding and to late sequelae. When it comes to these time-critical considerations, it is important to understand that we are talking about different phases that we can more or less influence. The patient undergoes an asymptomatic phase when the the bleeding just starts, but the patient doesn't feel it yet. And then the bleeding is ongoing. The patient develops symptoms, but there is time until presentation. So this is the preclinical phase of the bleeding. And then the patient arrives in hospital, arrives at your care, and then you have to make up a decision how to handle the the bleeding, how to handle the anticoagulation the patient was taking, and to make up your mind whether you want to reverse this anticoagulant defect. So the time until administration of a reversal agent is adding to the to the ongoing bleeding, and then there's time until effective reversal. So you give the reversal agent, you made a decision, you ordered for the drug, you uh, apply the drug um, to the patient, but then it might take time until it works. And finally, we also need to uh, consider the duration of action of reversal. Because if you have a very long-acting anticoagulant, such as a vitamin K antagonist, but you have a very short-acting reversal agent, there might be um, rebound issues to also to be considered. And it's always important to understand that this preclinical phase is already introducing um, harm to the patient is already damaging tissue. Uh, blood loss is going on, but this phase cannot be influenced. So it's on the right-hand side, it's the green boxes um, that are in our hands. And that can be influenced by us because the more time we lose, the more time we waste this decision-making and introducing the right reversal uh, strategy, um, the more damage this uh, time loss uh, will cause to the patient. Now, Time to decision is critical, and uh, the the time um, points are um, critical as discussed. But what are the challenges in this setting? Well, when the patient arrives in our emergency department, do we actually know that the patient took an antithrombotic drug? And when do we learn about this? Which drug did the patient take at what dosage? When was the last intake of the drug? Was it last night, was it this morning, was it two days ago or last week? It's a huge difference for our decision-making. Is the patient overdosed accidentally or by intoxication or by a chronic accumulation, because you know that some drugs uh, depend on renal excretion. So in an acute uh, situation, renal function might might uh, may decrease in our patient. So there might be accumulation um, of of the drug that is no longer sufficiently renally excreted. So can I measure the antithrombotic effect in my patient? And should I measure it? Should I invest time, lose time um, with the benefit of getting a lab value that might guide my decision-making, but with a downside of adding uh, delays to the, to the timetable? What is the re- recommended reversal strategy for this specific patient, for this specific uh, uh, anticoagulant drug? And is this recommended uh, reversal agent uh, actually available in my hospital? Is it indicated or are there contraindications? And last but not least, is the reversal agent reimbursed? Because you know that many of those um, reversal um, agents are quite costly. So getting the money back from my hospital is an important consideration. And then. This is all related uh, to the patient and the emergency situation. But please keep in mind, this is a cardiovascular risk patient. So the big question is, what is the indication the patient was taking the DOAC in the first place? Is it atrial fibrillation? Is it deep vein thrombosis? Is it a recent pulmonary embolism or a stroke just a couple of weeks ago? Um, This is also important because then, we need to make up our mind if we reverse now these, the antithrombotic effect of, of the DOAC, for instance, um, should I replace it by low molecular heparin and at which dosage and when should I start with this bridging therapy and can I go back to the DOAC later, later once the bleeding has been stabilized? So you see the decision-making around emergency patients with bleeding on oral anticoagulants is quite complex. It is time-consuming. Many patients do not know um, the answers to many of these questions. Patients might be unconscious. Um, So it is very, very important um, that uh, every physician involved um, with the care of these patients learns how to handle um, these these situations and how to handle the the, the fact that we don't have all the necessary information um, available to us by the the time the patient arrives in our emergency uh, department. And then um, we still need to act fast and effectively. So I do hope that you will find the episodes around this topic very educative and informative for you. Thank you very much for your attention.